Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello, everybody, and here is a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and not for good reasons, but for bad reasons, and that is the subject of mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Now, I realize that insect lovers just love mosquitoes, but those of us that are bitten and scratch ourselves till we bleed, we are not fans of mosquitoes, and they are out in full force this summer. So we're wanting to take the buzz, the bite, the itch, and the sting out of mosquitoes. And how are we going to control those mosquitoes, Mark? Well, first thing we're going to do is kill them. Yes. There's several ways to do that. One is the commercial electronic zappers. The bug zappers. And they hang up on the patio or wherever you are. We used to have one. Most of what well, wouldn't be a bad idea to get another one. Mm-hmm. But most of them have some type of purple or blue light in it to attract the mosquitoes. And then when the mosquitoes come in, they get electrocuted. Yeah, and with mosquitoes, you probably don't hear it as much, but other larger flying oh, insects yes. like wasps or bumblebees or something, you can actually hear a definite ka-chow, yeah. you know, when they hit it. And yeah. it's not a bad idea to hang that up and leave it running 24-7. Or oh, you can turn yeah. it on and off during periods that like you Like, no reason to run it if you're not out on your patio. I mean, don't use the electricity. It'll save well, save that, a couple of pennies. That's okay, but I'm good for spending a couple of pennies and zapping a few bugs that aren't going to bother us later absolutely so that's one way to do it now here's a more natural way to do it and that's to feed them to the birds oh we just love to encourage the birds to come and eat the bugs well in this particular case you can build purple martin houses oh the purple martin bird or martin condos Mm -hmm. and it's a series of 15, 20 bird apartments. They're it on does, a pole. Yeah. It looks like an apartment house It, it for looks birds. like an apartment house. Mm-hmm. Multi-story apartment house. And mount that thing up about 15 to 20 feet off the ground and invite the birds to come and eat in your backyard. I understand that the purple martin is also extremely good at eating things like the ladybug. Well, ladybugs are good. They shouldn't. Eat. They'll eat beetles like the bad beetles. They'll eat stink bugs. They'll eat cicadas, which are out this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've come out this year. They'll eat um, wasps, even, stinging insects, things like that. Wasps and flies are two oh. of my favorite things that they would eat in yes. addition to mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder how many mosquitoes it takes to fill up a martin. Well, you know, at the considering the rate of calories that they burn on a daily basis, I would say that they could probably ingest a few, several, maybe several hundred. We're hoping. We're well, gonna we're gonna do the purple martin thing and and report back on you probably next summer. Yeah, next year we've got a wood shop sitting out there that needs a, a new project to work on. Mm-hmm. And if we can finance enough wood to build it, <laughs> true. With the price of wood right now, right. We were traveling not long ago, and I told Krista, I said, "Look, we we're passing this truckload of lumber," and I said, "Look, there goes a multi-million dollar load." Mm-hmm. Listen, I actually drove past what looked to me like a two-by-four laying out on the interstate, and I honestly did think about stopping to pick it up, but I didn't. But that's a 100 bucks sitting right there. Well, you could see two guys <laughs> fighting on the side of the road over a two-by-four. Oh, no. Anyway, we okay, digress. Back to killing mosquitoes. Killing mosquitoes. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can kill them, but one thing that you can do is to prevent them 
and do that by removing their breeding areas. Okay, most folks know that mosquitoes love standing water. They love water that's very still. The kind of water that will collect in an old spare tire or a flower pot with no, you know, no drainage bottom or a plastic container, any a, a children's swimming pool, anything out there that's going to collect rainwater or hose water, sprinkler water, and if it's just standing still, mosquitoes will gravitate toward that because they can lay their eggs in there and they won't be disturbed. And that's where we get thousands and millions and millions and thousands of mosquitoes from all that standing water. They love swamps. And another thing Mm -hmm. that they love is an area of your yard that is low and has water standing in it most of the time. Particularly if you've received rainfall like every other day and it'll just continue to fill and continue to fill and continue to fill and not really drain that much. You really need to kind of walk around your property and maybe check for areas that seem to be no drainage because I can promise you there will be mosquito babies in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And you mentioned old tires. It can be buckets, tubs, pots, whatever that can hold standing water. Mm -hmm. Now, some of those areas we cannot completely eliminate the standing water. So one of the things that we can do in those areas is to treat that standing water. Right. And there's some ways to do that with certain essential oils. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly which essential oils? I might need to do a little homework on the exact flavor and brand, you know. I think like, lavender is one. But la- don't well, hold that makes sense that. because the lavender plant, which don't, we'll get into the plants later, but. Don't hold me to that, but the essential oils, one of the things that any type of oil will float on top of the water and it will deprive the larva of oxygen. I learned something else just today about that is you can take your old soaked up coffee grounds out of your coffee maker, your percolator, your French press, whatever you're using, you can take your old coffee grounds and you can throw them into standing water and that's all natural. That will also cause the mosquito eggs to float up to the top where they will quickly die because the secret to mosquito larvae is being submerged and staying down low but standing Yet they need to be able to touch the air. They need to be able to come up to get air at certain times. But the coffee grounds will interfere with their life cycle process. So that's also a good natural type of a way to do that. This episode is brought to you by Practical Prepping for Everyday People, a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. I think you also mentioned motor oil. Now, some people will have an aversion. This is one that would not be considered environmentally friendly to most folks. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about controlling mosquitoes. And and I'm going back now 50-plus years ago. Mm -hmm. What our grandparents used to do. Growing up Mm -hmm. on somewhat of a farm. And what my grandfather would do, now he used more than a few drops. He would pour in like an ounce into a standing, something that he was not able to completely keep dry. And he would pour some motor oil into that water and it floats on top and it does the exact same thing. It cuts off their access to air. I see. All right. Now we know we're going to try to control them. We're going to try to kill them. We're going to try to remove their breeding areas. We're going to try to treat the standing water. 
but there are going to be some that make it to life. Yes, and so what we're wanting to do here is if we can't outright kill them and we can't outright interfere with their breeding, at least we can try to keep them away from us. Right, keep to just to repel the mosquitoes mm-hmm. and take the buzz out of them. Seems funny that they either they bite or they go for the inside of my ear and I hear that buzzing. Yeah, sometimes you can hear them. Sometimes you can hear them and sometimes you don't. The mosquitoes that get me, I never know about. Mm -hmm. I don't see them, I don't hear them, and I don't feel anything until long after they've flown away and left me with a scratchy, itchy bite. And I'm telling you, I will scratch till I bleed. Now, the other thing with me, I feel them bite. I wind up slapping them. So we try to repel those. Now, this is a little bit controversial for some folks because it's not quite as environmentally friendly. I'm not sure if it's environmentally or not, but I like commercial DEET repellent. Well, they still offer DEET. Of course, they label it. And DEET is a known track record proven successful repellent and i like to like the deep woods off and Mm -hmm. uh, we found some deet last year that had like double the amount of deet in it than we were accustomed to seeing i don't remember the exact numbers on that but might have been like 40 percent something like that that. It, it was about double what we were accustomed to and so we were really happy to pick up on that You can spray that on your clothing or spray it on your skin, spray it up and let it fall onto you. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to put it directly on their skin. So if you want to apply it lightly to the outside of your clothing and especially like right in the inside of your shoe or top line of your socks, maybe to give some leg control there. I'm not averse to spraying it on my skin because I want those little boogers to stay away. And what that does is it doesn't stop the mosquito. The female mosquito is the one that's biting you, by the way. And that's a good point. The great, big, long leg mosquito is the male. The male cannot bite you. And so go ahead and kill him because you don't want him helping to make babies. But if you see the big one, the, the smaller ones are nearby. But anyway, I digress. If she lands on your skin and you've got that deep sprayed on there, she won't she won't want to bite. She's going to want to get right off of your skin. So even if you see her land there and you know you've sprayed, you should not be getting any bites. Now let's talk about some of the things that are a little bit more environmentally friendly or a little more friendly to bugologists. Is that a word? Entomologists, those that study insects. I know that word, but I said bugologists. <laughs> well, you're talking about more of a... Of Folks a, that love bugs. A, well, something that isn't necessarily going to be invasively harmful to the species, but is going to be user-friendly to the person. And that, again, is the use of natural essential oils. And lemon eucalyptus oil is a very good one for that. Also lavender oil cinnamon oil, and I'll also include peppermint oil. Mm -hmm. I have used peppermint oil, and you've got to be extremely careful using really concentrated peppermint oil because you don't want to put any on your fingers that would go to your eye. It's not going to cause injury, but it will cause stinging. It's like soap in your eye. So make sure if you're applying peppermint oil, don't put any on your fingertips and then go right to your mouth or your eye with it. But it's extremely effective for um, repelling all sorts of insects and is especially good for spider control. I've done a water bottle spray and a few drops of peppermint spray around the house and the spiders will go away. 
Okay, and for repellent, if you want to mix this up and put in a spray bottle to be able to spray it on yourself, on the kids, or whatever, about a quarter tablespoon, quarter teaspoon, I'm sorry, of oil and four ounces of water. And you can just spray that right on the kids. And uh, some kids, it's going to make them, at least our grandkids, it'll make them smell a lot better. Yes, and to review, we're talking about lemon eucalyptus. We're talking about lavender and also cinnamon. These essential oils, what he just said, a quarter teaspoon per four ounces of water. Mm -hmm. And you can put that in a non-aerosol pump spray bottle and spray away. Now, you can use thyme oil as well. Every time I look at that word, I want to say thyme. Well, thyme with a T-H-Y-M-E, thyme, the herb. Right. Now, <clears throat> thyme oil does well in repelling them. And if you're using that oil, you can just put it on a few places around your clothing, anywhere that would, and I'm thinking the collar of the shirt mm-hmm. to protect the neck and things like that. So, But now here's an interesting thing. And I think you have thyme growing in our herb garden out there. I do. There. I have some German thyme out there. And one of the things that you can do, and I know we like to build a fire in the fire pit and sit out there on the cool evenings and enjoy that, and you can burn some thyme leaves in that campfire, and that will give you about 85% protection for 60 to 90 minutes. Good to know, especially for the hikers and campers out there, too. Yeah, if you're building a fire, throw a few thyme leaves in there, let those burn, and it will ward off some mosquitoes. Something else that's available on the market, you can go to most any outdoor store or your big box store or superstore. You can buy citronella candles. These are usually in a bucket or maybe a decorative little flower pot sort of thing that uh, has natural citronella in there. And citronella is a known mosquito repellent. Of course, it'll repel other pesky flying insects as well. But the citronella candle is pleasant because it has a lemony type of a citrusy scent and it provides that beautiful candlelit, you know, burning flame. We were at our daughter's 40th birthday party the other day, and there were like 50 or 60 people there. This, the family all came together, different friends and things, and there were quite a few of those candles there, and we just lit those from large ones to small ones. Uh, we have some here that are in small buckets we even have citronella lamp oil mm-hmm. that we can put in our tiki torches, which yeah. we have out on our patio. We have four tiki torches that are zip-tied to our rail at probably, what, five feet apart, something like yeah, that. Yeah, makes and, a nice little surround. And they cover the two areas that are not protected by the walls of the house. Mm-hmm. The patio sits in a corner, and so we have two walls protecting that. And then you have two open areas, and our citronella tiki torches are there. But we lit those candles at Randy's birthday party and did a very good job. I don't know of anybody that had a mosquito bite. I don't think I saw any flying insects mm-hmm. either. It did, it did a great job at just shooing them off down the lake. Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title, Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster or another type of emergency... 
This book was written by Mark and Krista Lawley. I'm Krista, and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common-sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage, the roof has gotten blown off, you find that you have no power, no electricity, no devices are working. These kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day. And we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for one or more of these types of emergencies. And particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced, I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains, the ability to be able to buy gas, the ability to be able to move freely about, or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid. Practical Prepping for Everyday People by Mark and Crystal Lolly, also making contact during emergencies. Go to Amazon, look these up, add these to your collection we sure appreciate it you can also do some things that will be passive repellent for them and we were sitting outside last night talking about some of the things that we could do in our flower beds around the house one is the and i don't know how to describe this if you walk through the little gate leaving the patio onto the walkway to the right there is what used to be a large flower bed. Right. So now it's just a little bit overtaken with some... There's a few lilies that mm-hmm. still bloom there, but... Next year, that is going to be a large herb garden. Right. We're going to use the herb garden primarily, obviously, for kitchen and, and meal use, but it has other properties as well. We have the herb garden, but looking out there, it's about 75 feet from the house. And it's in a bucket. So we're going to move that next year. We're going to just plant that entire area as an herb garden. So that will allow you to grow even more varieties of herbs. And what I'm going to put in there, I'm going to put in sweet basil. I'm going to grow rosemary, sage, peppermint. I'm also going to put throughout that herb garden, I'm going to plant chrysanthemums and marigolds because those are also beautiful flowers but they have a natural bug repelling property and not only just for repelling that also will keep biting bugs and weevils and worms and caterpillars off of my herbs as well right and you know you can plant different things geraniums they're they're pretty another one that you can plant that has multi-purposes is garlic Mm -hmm. and not only will garlic ward off mosquitoes and flying insects and vampires also also wards off vampires (laughs) i got tickled when i said that a couple of other things that you can do is lemongrass peppermint you mentioned rosemary sage there's a flower called tansy t-a-n-s-y that's also a type of a daisy-ish mummish it kind of looks like a kind of looks like a marigold mum but it's not it's called tansy that's also one to look for that's a new one on me Mm -hmm. But you can also plant mint. 
Yes, mint is good. Peppermint is especially good. Regular mint, like certain spearmints, can be a little overtaking, so you'll have to prune them a little more often. But mint is an excellent bug repellent. And a big takeaway here is to plant an herb garden near porches and patios, areas that you spend some time in, and that will help to repel many of them with natural means. We're not always going to repel every single mosquito. No, I've been scratching on a couple of them today. Or we may be somewhere else that doesn't have mosquito protection and we will get bitten. Now, what do we need to do when we talk about treating mosquito bites? There's a few natural treatments that still stand the test of time. You can take a cotton ball and you can dab a little bit of um, apple cider vinegar onto that cotton ball and then blot that cotton ball with vinegar onto your bite. And what that does is it sort of takes the itchiness feeling away from the skin and helps to begin healing. It also has an antiseptic quality. If in case you have you know, scratched like I do sometimes through that epidermal layer, you might get more of an infection if you're not careful. So that cider vinegar can help cleanse that area. Now here's another that also has some antibiotic properties that would keep the scratching from becoming infected might not make you smell all that good, but then again, if it repels people, that's not always a bad idea. <laughs> and that's a slice of raw onion to put it on that. So you're talking about putting up a piece of raw onion directly on the bite? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And that tends to reduce the itching, reduce the swelling, and it also protects it to some degree from becoming infected. Now, you can use freshly cut garlic okay. to do the same thing. So and more than vampires, it'll actually uh, yeah, help it'll to take the, take the sting the out of the mosquito. Out of the, out of the bite. You can also, there's some over-the-counter treatments available. And I remember growing up, we used a lot of calamine lotion. That's that pink paint, basically, that right. you put on your skin. And that's used a lot for bug bites. It's also used for poison oak, poison ivy, poison sumac, anything that's going to be a skin irritant, mm -hmm. a burn. And celebrations. that's why we went through bottles and bottles and bottles of it as kids. And I think it was under the trade name Caladril. Yeah. But we tended to, you know, we grew up on a somewhat of a working farm. And there were woods around it, and there were all kinds of opportunity for us to get into poison ivy. And so that calamine lotion did very well. You can also use hydrocortisone cream. And they come in various percentages, 1% mm -hmm. up to about a 5%. In some drugstores, you can actually get hydrocortisone at a full 10%, which is about the non-prescription strength, highest strength you can get OTC. And that would take some sting out. But now here's something, and we carry these in our bags. We have them, uh, all the grandparents have them at home. We use one called a bite stick or the sting kill ampules that you crush it and it releases the green liquid. And you can dob that on any kind of a sting, really, whether it's wasp sting, yellow jacket, you know, whatever. It tends to take that it helps with that sting as well. And you can carry them in your go bags. We have them in our car bags. And everyday you, carry bags. You can just, just dig down there and pull it out, pop that ampule, and just keep dobbing it on there. When it dries, dob some more of it on there, and that will help to take care of it. That's kind of covering mosquitoes. 
So what do we really want to be doing here? Well, we need to have a full-on attack, because they're full-on attacking us. And, you know, mosquitoes, let's be honest, you know, some of them still do carry very potent threats like the West Nile and the Zika virus. We don't hear a lot of talk about that nowadays. And fortunately, in America, those instances are quite few and far between, but they right, still Right, but in happen. some of the countries that listen to the podcast, it's still a very, very real threat. So we want to cut down the possibility of that as much as we can. But also put some spray, uh, put some spray repellent in your bug out bags. Keep some on the porch. Keep some in your camping gear. Uh, we have a can that goes with us when we go camping. It's in one of the boxes, so we can pull that out. I think we have a bottle of spray in each of our vehicles as well, so that if we're somewhere and we're not camping, but we're just Grandkids soccer game is just a, a good example. We can pull that out of the glove box and, and have that. So we just wanted to cover something today to give you a little bit of idea of how to take the buzz out of mosquitoes. Those are nasty little buggers. Anything else you want to add? We'll have all of this information in the show notes because it's quite a, a lot. It's a very comprehensive list, but we're going to employ something out of each one of these categories in order to win the war against mosquito bites. And the whole idea here is to not get bit. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.